We are in the mood for fantasy football with your week seven start set and a little bit of injury report. We are Pro Football Network. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. With me, as always, is Tommy Garrett. Uh, Tommy, what's uh, uh, what's new with you? Uh, not too much. Uh, this is going to be one of those weird weeks. Like, if it wasn't already the bad bye week of the season, you throw all these injuries on top of it, it's it's a brutal week. I mean, we're already looking at Deontay, Dearness Johnson possibly in the RB1. Like, that should kind of say everything you need to know about it. Like, it's not a great slate of games. You got a bunch of projected, uh, projected blowouts. It's 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 survive in advance. That's the best way I can kind of look at it. That's it. My three receivers on my bench are C.D. Lamb, Keenan Allen, and Antonio Brown. So you are not alone. There's a lot wait, of people yeah. dealing with that right now. There's a lot of people. So so all of you out there, it's it's more important that you know you're not alone. I know I'm not because I'm here with Tommy, but you you are not alone. We're all struggling. It was funny. I got a a push notification from from Yahoo because like, like during the offseason, like I'll join like just random public leagues just to try something different. And I got this notification on my phone that says your lineup has a lot of holes in it that need to be addressed. <laughs> no kidding. You think I didn't know that? Like I was putting that off for a reason. You didn't need to throw it in my face. Like yeah. thanks for that, yeah. Yahoo. Way to hurt my liver even further last night. And when you draft on Yahoo, do they come back with you and say, congratulations, you got a C minus grade on this draft. And you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. If I get the lower the grade, the better I think I'm actually going to do. Like yeah. I've never had a good team where it says you have an A plus draft. Guaranteed it's going to be the last place you have the first round pick next year. It's It never fails. So all you out there, if you have a bad grade and you didn't know what you were doing, you deserve the bad grade. But if you got a bad grade and you do know what you're doing, you're probably onto something. Oh, I've never claimed to know what I was doing. Dragging. So speaking of injuries, because we touched on that, four guys, just give me your thoughts right now. What do managers think about if they have Russell Wilson? We'll start with him. If they have Russell Wilson, is he a hold? Do you just wait for the fantasy playoffs and hope that Seattle still has a reason to yeah. start him? I think you've got him, probably got to hold him right now because at least with him putting him on the IR, he's not costing you a roster spot. It's He's making progress, but it's – We'll see what ends up happening with him. It's he's too good to throw back out, out uh, to throw back out onto your waivers in your fantasy league. Because I mean, Geno Smith obviously is never going to play good enough to where he's going to you know bench uh, Russell Wilson. Seattle should have something to play for as long as they can kind of keep it. If they can go five hundred over the course of this mm-hmm. stretch, by the time that Russell Wilson comes back, they're going to be right back into the mix, looking for possibly a wild card run. They're going to play, and it's too talented of, of of a team when you've got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It's They'll be fine. When you get Russell Wilson back, he'll go right back into that QB1 conversation. It's the middling range of QBs that we thought were going to be like kind of, you know, save us when it comes to like streaming options. Like you're not going to find any of those better week to week than Russell Wilson. He's too consistent. Uh, so I would say hold him right now. Just put him in your IR spot and just try to play the streaming options week to week on your matchups. And here's what I recommend. If you've got Russell Wilson and there's someone in your league who's 6-0 and or 5-1, and Dangle Russell Wilson. Say you're also talking to the three and three and four and two managers to trade Russell Wilson. And you might get that top person in your league saying they'd rather be the one with Russell Wilson than have one of their opponents in the fantasy playoffs um, having Russell Wilson. So you might get something for Wilson. If you need some wins now, he could still be worth something to someone who's, you know, looking pretty strong for the playoffs. Yeah. How about Antonio? Not far away. That's right. How about Antonio Gibson? This one I've got strong opinion on, but what's uh, your stronger opinion? It's I can't get rid of him. I mean, he's an, he's a high end RB two every single week. It's the question. It's do they give him time to let it heal? Like, what's the what's the healing process? I mean, like right. I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express. I have no idea what a what a fractured shin ends up the time frame is. It's 
it sucked last week when you see him getting this like the load management issue, which clearly it is, and he was dealing with a lot of pain. They end up not playing him. It's you're not gonna be able to trust him, but it's it's if you can dangle him out there, kind of like you just said with Russell Wilson, if you can try to trade Antonio Gibson for a another RB two kind of in that range, low end RB one possibly, if you throw something else in there, like I'd be I'd have no issue making that move if you want to move on from Antonio Gibson because watch it end up being a little bit of a muddy situation. As long as they keep getting JD McKissick involved in this thing, maybe Jared Patterson is getting some more rushes thrown in here while Gibson's getting healed up. So if you want to dangle him out there before the trade deadline, go for it. Uh, I don't think he's going to have that that upside that we kind of thought he might have. We knew the touchdowns were going to regress. I think he scored like seven touchdowns last year over the span of fifty five carries. Like yeah. that was never going to carry over. He scored three um, against me in one week. So yeah, pretty sure I had that exact same thing happen to me. You remember <laughs> those really bad losses? Uh, yeah. It was like like the like a couple years ago with Kenyon Drake, like when he had that big. Blow- <laughs> up game like you, those ones sting a little bit more yeah. uh but yeah like with gibson like if you can get rid of him and you can trade him off and get something back on your team i'd have no issue with it uh one thing with antonio gibson for all of you to keep in mind i'm going to have a much stronger uh forceful way of expressing this their next four games packers broncos bucks panthers washington's two and four they still have the cowboys twice is this a team in the fantasy playoffs if if antonio gibson's not at 100 percent are they going to be rolling out their franchise running back to play in meaningless games? That's always a question you have to ask yourself. Most teams do it. Most yeah. teams, you, you, that's why they're paying you. They're paying you to play. But is Gibson nicked up enough, hurt enough, even if it's a pain management issue, where you just bail out now because some of those matchups are going to be tough and Washington's going to be potentially 4-10 and 10 before the fantasy playoffs. So yeah, think and that's also that. with the, the bye week as well thrown in there. That's right. Bye week's always the toughest week to play against because zero points. Can't yeah. do anything. I mean, the one thing is, like, we just watched Denver give up a bunch of points to the backup running backs for the Cleveland Browns. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not necessarily worried about that, that matchup. But when you get further down, like, if that Tampa Bay, that Carolina range of things, like, if, if they're out of the playoffs, this is the defense has completely evaporated from what we saw last year. So they're getting into these, they're going to have to start scoring some points. Uh, yeah. And that in turn takes the ball to the hands of the running back. And AJ Brown, food poisoning, seems to be on the mend uh, as we're recording this. Uh, any concerns from managers, uh, particularly my opponent this week, starting A.J. Brown? Should my opponent bench him? For the person in your league, yes, I would absolutely bench Great. Antonio Brown. For everyone else playing, not just this guy, okay. uh, I think you're probably still safe to play uh, play uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, what I would also do is maybe start going like to, to uh, Qdoba, like maybe pass up on Chipotle. I'm just saying. Uh, but it's it was kind of weird because he said he's still having a hard time keeping down fluids. Right. Uh, like that's a long time to have food poisoning and anyone who's had food poisoning know how bad that is. But normally it's gone like, you know, it's 48, 24, 48 hours. Uh, apparently he's pumping in fluids. He should be good to go. Uh, it's more of a thing of, you know, just hopefully he doesn't need to pull a Lamar Jackson in the middle of the game and miss a, a critical drive. Yeah, I hear you. Last time, by the way, I got food poisoning. Uh, my two boys were three and one and my wife was out of town and I had, to, oh. I got food poisoning at work. I had to walk 20 minutes to pick up my kids at daycare in between throwing up. And then I had to walk them 30 minutes back home and then take care of the entire way. Right. I, I, I held it in until I got home and then I fell down. I just collapsed on the bathroom floor and I yelled to my three-year-old. I just said, take care of your brother. And I just (laughs) completely. So that was me at one of my worst states, but I still did get my kids. Thank goodness at daycare. So to all you parents out there, hold it in, get your kids. Um, Logan kids had to use a microwave early on in life and they'll be fine. That's right. That's well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can Clearly tell you I don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Thanks, Tommy. 
Tommy's parenting advice. That's a good podcast. Uh, Logan Thomas. Oh, I got canceled so quick. <laughs> what do we, what are we expecting? This is someone who, you know, Ricky Steele's Jones is looking pretty good. Is Logan Thomas uh, going to get back to his old ways of being a, a TE one? I think he does. Just given the fact that the Washington football team lacks any other great pass catchers. You still got Curtis Samuel, who's we're going to see if he even ends up playing this year. Cause I mean, he's been dealing with it since June, constant yeah. re-aggravations outside of that. I mean, they don't really have a, a number two option to go alongside uh, Terry McLaurin. Diami Brown is an unproven rookie. Like we like him. We knew he was a good deep threat. I think he's got some better intermediate skills than he was given credit for. But I mean, that takes time to develop. Uh, Logan Thomas, he could easily be, you know, top three in targets every single week at the tight end position once he gets yeah. back out there. Um, the Logan Thomas thing, like we love getting this value when you can find it, but always know that it's fleeting. And at some point, that main guy is going to come back in and take those reps. Now, we might see them end up changing and run a little more 12 personnel. They try to get, um, Ricky Seals Jones on the field a little more with Logan Thomas, maybe end up splitting Logan Thomas into like into a, a bit of a big slot kind of role, moving that a little bit. So we could see him probably get some some more reps down the way, but the consistent fantasy output that you're getting right now, it's probably not going to keep going. And by the way, speaking of Washington, because we've hit on two players, I, I think Cam Newton would have been a great sign in in Washington instead of going with Heineke. I just, you know, I, see what Cam can do in that offense with with Terry, with Antonio Gibson, with McKissick. I think well, any that, but he's back with Ron Rivera, but I think that in itself was part of the reason it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that's a good point. That was a good shutdown because that's exactly right. So let's go into uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell and uh, see. I'm looking at my notes because Latavius Murray, as of recording this, has just yep. been uh, uh, he's out now. So now we got Le'Veon Bell, Devonte Freeman, maybe a return of Tyson Williams after he was inactive. So what do you make of this backfield? Is there anyone you would trust as a you know streaming RB four? That you could throw out there trust is a very hard word to say right now like we know this is a team that if they give the looks to one person like that player is going to play well like tyson williams played great he was arguably the most explosive back on this team but then he gets you know he's healthy scratches that makes absolutely no sense to me freeman led the team last week um in carries he had nine but it wasn't far behind was Le'Veon bell with uh with eight they both end up finding the end zone if, if you're going to play one, I think maybe Devontae Freeman, but I don't feel good about it. I mean, they're both aging veterans that are just right. system fits right now on a team that wants to run the ball. System um, fits. That's a good name for a band, by the way. System fits. I like that. Yeah, no, actually, that's probably good, pretty good. Um, but I mean, it's one band that I don't think they're going to have a, a platinum hit. I'll put it yeah. that way. <laughs> that's right. They're, they're a one-hit wonder. They all got TDs last week. Everyone's going, yeah. look how many points this guy scored without the context of the unlikelihood that that's going to happen to any of those running backs again. This is not a, a three-touchdown running back uh, offense. This is Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown. Uh, anything that takes away from their points is not getting the most out of the offense. So you're going to start to see those guys push back out uh, uh, with those scores. Uh, it's just the, the law of, of averages with that. What about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake? I had this theory that Josh Jacobs is always one week away from losing his bell cow status. And I've been, I've had this theory for about 20 weeks. So yeah. <laughs> what, what is well, going on? was going to happen when they brought in Kenyon Drake? Because I mean, Josh Jacobs was a guy who was, you know, 220 plus touches locked in ever since he came into the NFL. And you bring in Kenyon Drake, who had had success, uh, both with Miami, then really found it with, uh, the uh, Arizona Cardinals in 2019, uh, but then kind of lost some of that role with Chase Evans last year. It's, I think the the interesting thing is like with uh, with Rich kind of taking over from John Gruden is 
maybe they're going to try to work Kenny Drake into this offense a little bit more. Um, great. He didn't get a lot of volume. It's the kind of the touchdowns are a little bit kind of unsustainable. Um, kind of look at that. It's one of those things like, yeah, they're, they're great, but you're never banking on touchdowns. Like don't ever set up fancy value for a player based only on finding the end zone. Like that's, very rare does that actually end up being a good touches, way to go about it. Touches, 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 targets, targets, exactly. targets. Follow the volume. Follow the volume, follow the opportunities. Um, Jacob's still probably going to be the bell cow on this offense no matter what happens, but you might see Kenyon Drake starting to get a little more work in the passing game. It's I don't love this offense, but it's a team that finally doesn't look like they've given up on their coach, and it looks like they're finally trying to play for something. Yeah. Um, I think if you've got him, you're gonna play Josh Jacobs. He's gonna be an RB two this week, maybe a high end, like higher end RB one, a higher end RB two this week. I think I feel comfortable playing him. If you have to, RB four kind of range, Kenyon Drake, you're running out of really good options. And it's a guy you just you at least know he's gonna be involved in this kind of game and he's actually healthy, which is something we kind of can't say for a lot of other running backs. Yeah, I hear you. What about Eli Mitchell? He comes in, he's the hero, uh, and then he gets hurt. And now people are wondering, is he back? People being me, I'm wondering, is he back? Is he going to be the guy? Or is this still some kind of every week? It's a it's a rotation. Whoever, uh, you know, Shanahan wants that week. Uh, I think you can probably add me into those people that are wondering if he's going to be that guy or not. I've got him pegged right now to be the guy uh, based off my rankings, kind of as like the a mid-level RB2. Because um, you got to think, it's Kyle Shanahan has had a week to prepare for this game because they're coming off the bye week. They are getting Jimmy Garoppolo back as the quarterback, so that kind of takes away some of that that rushing ability you lose from the quarterback if you would have had Trey Lance. I think Mitchell ends up being the guy. I think probably in a second might end up being like Kyle Juszczyk might end up being the second higher scorer on this offense given the way that he's used. Um, yeah. I'd probably stay away from anyone else right now, but I would take a shot on Mitchell. I think he could be the guy, and then maybe later on throughout the year, Trey Sermon eventually might could uh, do something. Uh, he just hasn't done too much at all so far this year for me to me give any confidence in anyone outside of uh, Elijah Mitchell. Speaking of Tommy's rankings, you can find him on the uh, Fantasy tab on Pro Football Network. He does the rankings all week, and uh, they save me and others from the trouble of trying to figure it out ourselves. Um, I was thinking about signing off right there, but there's still a lot more players to go through. So when I slow <laughs> down my even voice, close. I'm usually no. – I'm ready to end, and it's like, but wait a second. There's more guys to cover. Alex Collins, Richard Penny. What, yep. what you were saying before the show, it's, it's been, what, like three years since Richard Penny's been a thing. What yeah. what do we make of the Seattle backfield? It's it's one of those things, like, we always tell people don't listen to coach speak. Um, and this is one of those examples. Like, Pete Carroll on Thursday said that Alex Collins was going to practice. Guess what? He didn't practice. Um, luckily enough that Seattle does have the Monday night game, so they are getting that extra day of rest. But at the same time, they're also getting back Rashad Penny. And I think it's going to be a critical thing. But like we were talking about in the pre-show, like Rashad Penny has not been healthy since 2018. Like arguably since they almost almost since they drafted him over top of Nick Chubb, which, yes, I'm going to rub in the, in the faces of all Seattle fans. Um, but because he didn't play much, tears the ACL in 2019, comes back and plays three games in 2020, still obviously recovering, comes in, plays two, gets two carries in week one, and he's back out. Um, he did say earlier today uh, to local reporters that he is not. He does not carry any limitations going into the game. Um, I think it probably is going to be a muddy mess. Uh, we talked about this like right after the Chris Carson injury. Like I'm pretty much Chris Carson or nothing uh, when it comes to Seattle, especially in a Geno Smith led team. Yeah, like granted, Alex Collins did look good, but he also had majority of the opportunities on that offense. I believe he had 21 opportunities of the 37 total. 
uh, for the running backs. It's I don't feel great about it. Alex Collins seemed to do his work when the Pittsburgh Steelers, like right out of the halftime when they made some adjustments, is when he got the majority of his work and going into the fourth quarter. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be sustainable, especially not this week. They have a difficult matchup once again. You bring in Rashad Penny, you're looking at probably a 60-40 split. That probably does no one any good at all. Uh, Rashad Penny, yeah, for his career, I just looked it up, has about as many rushing attempts, just a little bit more that Derrick Henry has uh, this season. So it's uh, it's kind of to put things in perspective. Oh, that's the last that, that, Penny that hurts. Henry comparison we'll hear. Um, he, probably, he, probably has, he literally has more yards after contact over his career. Yes, uh, then Rashard <laughs> Penny has total rushing yards. <laughs> that's probably right. Uh, Ty, that's actually true. Uh, Ty, probably just for this season, um, mm-hmm. almost. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman. I bring up Hardman just because if there's a chance Tyreek Hill might not be 100%. Tyreek Hill is one of those interesting guys. It's like Deshaun Jackson eight, nine years ago used to be one of those guys where he could get you you know, 25 points, he could get you six points. Amari yep. Cooper suffers from that same Deshaun Jackson illness. And it seems like Tyreek Hill is a better version of that. Tyreek Hill gets anywhere from 11 points to 40. But, you know, he does have those games where he gets you, you know, five catches for 60 yards and you go, oh, man, really? I burned a first round pick on this guy. So what happens if Tyreek Hill is still kind of nicked up going into this game and people are a little bit concerned? I'm not saying bench Tyreek Hill, but I'm saying does Miko Hardman or somebody else in that offense, Byron Pringle, uh, you know, does it, is it Josh Gordon, who I've never believed in for three years, even though I love his his uh, survivor story, the fact that he's back, good for him, fantasy-wise, not interested. What do we make of this Kansas City receiving core? It's like I'm with you. I want to fall for Josh Gordon. I'm trying not to. I, I want him to be a thing because he's now playing with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. It's in terms of like the Tyreek Hill kind of thing. Like you play him, like you deal with the low weeks because of the upside. Like you kind of hit on it. He might get you nine, but he might get you forty. And those weeks to get you forty, he's going to win you that week. It's it kind of comes with the territory, but at the same time, he's a guy who's going to get uh, targeted a lot in several games. Like with Michael Hardman, like the only reason they drafted Michael Hardman was not because they necessarily really wanted him and like traded up to get him. They got him because they thought Tyreek Hill was going to get suspended. And so they're going out and getting the 70% version of him. Like, that's the only reason he's even on this roster. Um, I think last time I checked, he's been like a wide receiver three or worse in like 93% of his games. Sounds right. He's he's not even been consistent. It's anyone who's getting targets from Patrick Mahomes, you're obviously going to pay a little bit more attention to. But if he didn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to him, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be talking to him like he was Jalen Rager. Right. Um, wow, that's an interesting comparison. Uh, we, we could unpack that. Um, Antonio Brown is out for everyone who is not aware of that. So so mm-hmm. keep that in the back of your mind. He was going to be next on the list. T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, comes back 80 yards, four catches, I think. Looks like yep. the number one, but only kind of because he only got four targets, but he led the team in targets, which is kind of the way the Colts have been the last two years. Uh, but now Hilton's questionable. How should people feel about Michael Pittman? If Hilton's a go, can we say that Pittman is going to be a WR4 or better? Basically, in, in a bi-week scenario, is he worth streaming? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think Pittman, even if... I th- what happened with Hilton was he's back. This is the, hey, we're celebrating T.Y. Hilton, bring come back on the field. We're going to target him. And we also kind of talked about last week about his how well he has always done against the Houston Texans. Like It was set up to happen. 
Um, yeah. And I'm also kind of not surprised they ended up getting hurt. Like, when it was kind of looking like with Richard Sherman, like these veterans, these older veterans, when they come back to the very first game, like soft tissue injuries are not an uncommon occurrence. Yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely surprised that T.Y. Hilton got hurt. For me personally, I mean, I don't see him ever returning back to being the wide receiver one. I think that's, that's Michael Pittman. That's why they drafted him out of USC. It's why we kind of started to see that breakout for him. Uh, over these past couple weeks and finally get into the end zone. Like I still prefer Hilton. I still prefer Michael Pittman in this offense over T.Y. Hilton. Uh, but if T.Y. Hilton is going to be healthy, then I think he's a guy who needs to be rostered, um, especially with Carson Wentz starting to play better. You can probably end up playing both of them depending on the depth of your league, but I would prefer Michael Pittman uh, first over top of T.Y. Hilton. It seems like Wentz has the ability to be kind of a top 12 to 16 quarterback yes. if things break right, and Hilton has a chance to be a top 35 receiver if things break right. So if you're in one of those positions, like Tommy's saying, where you'd say, well, there's no one out there for me, you know, there's still in a lot of leagues, Wentz is going to be available and Hilton's going to be available. I, I, I traded uh, earlier this week. I traded, uh, I picked up AJ Green and I traded for Christian Kirk because uh, I've got Kyler Murray. I'm, I'm hurting this week and I'm just going for the stack. I'm, I'm doing a, a Tyreek Hill plus. I'm basically going 70 points or bust for, for those three guys. So, you know, if you feel like you can get Wentz and Hilton, um, there's worse stacks if Hilton is healthy. Uh, certainly, uh, there's worse stacks if you're doing Daniel Jones and whoever the Giants are throwing out there. And but you we might actually made that. a really interesting comparison because honestly, T.Y. Hilton could be the second half AJ Green because AJ Green right now is like the wide receiver 35, and no one really yeah. notices that. Like yeah. T.Y. Hilton could be the second half of the season version of that. Another eight, another older veteran playing on one of his final years. And could end up being a, like a, an absolutely like fantasy relevant player. Yes, I really it said I really wanted those two to play together at some point. Maybe maybe it'll I, know. I, uh, I think Hilton will retire. I, I think he'll, re he'll retire before he goes anywhere else. There will be a senior football league that will develop for fifty and older, and, uh, and he's going to play with he's going to play with Andrew Luck. That's God, that would be. Oh, keep the dream alive on that. All right, two more questions. Giants receiving core, and then we'll go to the Titans. <laughs> Giants receiving core. We talked about AJ Brown earlier, so let's just end it with the Giants. My boys are home now, and things are about to get a little bit crazy. Um, so the Giants, what the heck is going on every week? But you, you, you mentioned the guy on Slack today, or maybe it was you talking. When yep. you're on Slack, I hear your voice when in the words that are written, so it's hard I'm to sorry. tell the difference. Who's no? It's all right. I, I modulated a little bit, so it's a little more uh, pleasing. But uh, who who's the guy who you mentioned as the guy who could be a major pickup this week? I feel almost feel bad as like this is where we're at. But Dante Pettis might end up being a must start in fantasy this week. Dante, uh, you look at the Giants last week. This is even when they had Sterling Shepard. He ended up getting, I think, if you look at it, he got 14 targets last week. You now remove him from the equation, like. Dante Pettis had 11 targets last week, which I think kind of went under the radar. Like he's a guy who we haven't seen really do much of anything since he left San Francisco after he got kind of in the, the Kyle Shanahan doghouse, which is very similar career trajectory right now to Brandon Ayuk, but that's a whole different topic. Um, but you've got Kadarius Tony banged up. Obviously, he's not going to play. Darius Slayton, who knows what's going to happen with him? Might play, might not. John Ross is hurt. Evan Ingram is hurt. You've got Saquon Barkley out. Like there's no one else on this offense right now except John for Ross. Dante Pettis. Like he's right. the last man standing. So he could end up probably being the number one target leader on this offense pretty easily, almost like he was last week. Like here's a chance he might end up being 
a starting fantasy asset this week. He was a second round pick a few years ago. I mean, this was a guy who was supposed to be um, a a starter ready receiver out of the gate. Like he, he had the potential to come right in and, you know, he had a, he had an okay rookie season. Like he did pretty well for himself. I think 16 game projections would have been about, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here. We're about 650 yards and six or seven TDs, which is mm-hmm. mighty fine for a rookie. Flash um, as a rookie. Yep. And then that's right. Flash as a rookie. And then, like you said, Doghouse, you know, got hurt, kind of worked his way around and 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 couldn't really get back on the field in a, in a, in a steady way. And then goes to the Giants where he's basically forgotten because the Giants have retooled. And so Dante Pettis enters the season as what the number six or number seven option. Yep. So, to Tommy's point, you see a guy get 11 targets. We're not saying chase targets. We're saying be reasonable. If Dante Pettis is yeah. starting, he is rostered in almost zero leagues. We can say that with, with pretty good confidence. Of confidence. Yeah. Maybe after this recording, he will be rostered in one more because I might go get him. Uh, but this is a guy who could get you 15 points if things break right. And I like to say that if things break right, because we don't know what's going to yeah. happen. But it's not like you can say, like yesterday, you couldn't say John Kelly for the Browns was going to get 15 points if things broke right. There was no breaking right for John Kelly. Dante Pettis, there's a clearer path. You can see how a guy like Pettis could duplicate what he did last week and just maybe get a little more yards, maybe get a score, and boom, he's a big-time fantasy asset for one week. And it's like you talk about, like, this is a guy, like, it was in 2019, like, people were drafting him over top of Tyler Lockett because they thought the Tyler Lockett's like red zone efficiency he had because Russell Wilson had like a perfect passer rating targeting Tyler Lockett in the red zone that year. And they're like, Oh, well, that's got to drop off. And so you're kind of going back onto, well, this guy had a great rookie season. That's obviously going to continue. Didn't obviously work out. And you kind of see Dante Pettis kind of floating around the NFL. It's, it's not a great matchup against the Carolina Panthers, but yeah. if we look at this, like, okay, Carolina Panthers, probably going to get ahead like this is a, a much better football team than the new york giants they're healthy they're probably going to get ahead therefore in turn daniel jones going to have to throw the ball uh because i don't know how much they're going to trust uh dante booker to run against this stout defense like granted they're not playing as unbelievably well as they were at the beginning of the season but they're still a very good run defense like if you're going to attack them you're going to have to do it through the air and it's That's right. if you don't have any other options like the guy who was left is the one we kind of have to pay attention to in fantasy and Jones, Daniel Jones is playing for his career right now. I mean, he's he has to put up now, even if the Giants are losing. Um, Jones can see the scoreboard. He knows his stats. I mean, you know, this is no knock on Jones. He's playing for a contract. He's playing to to have another, to, uh, whether it's the Giants or somewhere else. He's playing for relevance. So yeah, he's probably going to throw it thirty five times. And you know what? He might only connect on fifteen or eighteen. But if half of those are going to a guy like Pettis. Um, that's not bad. I'll also say if Evan Engram sits, Kyle Rudolph could be a really sneaky tight end play. You know, Kyle Rudolph has always been good in the red zone. Uh, he's had a couple years where he's hit like eight plus touchdowns, seven plus touchdowns. Um, a lot of them from close up. He's got good hands. He's one of those guys who very sneaky. If the giants are decimated, look at who's left and figure out who's starting and weigh your options. My thing is like the curse of MetLife stadium. Cause like remember back to last year, it was, Every team who went there, like San Francisco, like everyone who's ever played on that field was getting hurt. Like, and now you mm-hmm. have the Giants who are on that field getting hurt. It's like, I don't know what voodoo curse was placed on that stadium, but they got to do something like bring a cleansing, do some, bring some sage or whatever. Like, if you're in the visiting locker room, because that place is it's spooky season over there and it's not just during Halloween. 
maybe uh, um, some kind of uh, chipotle dish might uh, uh, bring that, might, might clear the air, so yeah, to speak. Like something. So we will end it there. Uh, as always, uh, I'm BJ Rudell, and as always, this is Tommy Garrett with his real voice, not a modulated one. And we are with Pro Football Network. You can find us on profootballnetwork.com on the fantasy page. But we encourage you to check out all parts of the Pro Football Network uh, website, including our mission statement, which uh, I fell in love with when I applied here. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Monday. And good luck with your games this weekend.